This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge and uh, I have the wonderful Jonathan Kidd and Dan Silver in cahoots with me tonight. Great Good to evening. be on the show. Thank you. There you go. Now, um, we have had so many emails this week. With This is almost like a special edition of the post bag, the Chelsea Fancast post bag. So uh, strap yourselves in and enjoy because there's great subjects as always great people writing in and my god they uh they, they they've absolutely done us proud this week and the first one is uh jk from jp jp mccrate jp mccrate hello chaps greetings and salutations to you greetings to you and salutations to you jp what a lovely way to be greeted happy new year oh happy new year to you much love you and your loved ones oh <laughs> Oh, so the dark days are upon us in our political world, financial and the place we look to to escape reality of the situation. Football is now darkened. No wonder moods are low all around. Our club is in a moment of transition and a difficult one that is that. There is no sense in becoming nostalgic. There is a sense of togetherness more than ever. We must keep our heads and stick to the mantra, making history, not reliving it. Indeed. There are so many plots and twists in this current ownership that it must be making Amazon Prime bigwigs drooling into their laps, if that rumour is true. The storyline of dribble of the advertisements of the fight to success is already built for them. A team divided, a team fighting for honour, a club fighting for honours. Please, JK, don't sell out and do the voiceover. <laughs> he I'm would, afraid, too. He would. I'm afraid I would. would. I would. I need the money. Um, then again, it could be entertaining. Oh, thank you. In hearing how useless they are in fanbite commentary is a B-side. Yes, yes, I found it difficult to be enthusiastic, I'm afraid. I, I, I told it as it was. My heart was was true to my mouth. Um, look, chaps, you're all intellectual, clever chaps. Oh, thank you very much. Let's keep our heads. 
we have we've been screaming out for youth and long-term plans with managers yes potter looks like he's pulled the rabbit out of the hat and also an articulated lorry and now he's in the headlights but if we've been asking for it and we are getting it let's see where the plan goes there's no chance this team will finish below 10 i don't see it afraid i don't have a crystal ball to know for sure this team is not relegation bound also the premier league is a tough league let's face it it's true there just isn't a guaranteed win for every big team. Even City, as world's best, lose crazy results. Let's be mindful. I do understand it's hard when your team don't fight for the badge, but I think it will all come the more this young youth bound together. All come this young youth bound together. Yeah, bind together, probably anyway. Every team, when you look at Liverpool, City, United, it's written by that like that, by the way, everybody, had taken a long time to bed in we have to go through the same thing. So chaps and ladies, probably chapesses, I think. Please, let's keep our minds right out the storm. Wear your life support jackets. Throw up over the sides. Be a lot of throwing up. Uh, love the platform. Love you even when I don't agree with you. You're amazing. Up the Chelsea. Well done, JP. That was lovely to hear. It's lovely when you when you, you say, I love you when I don't agree with you. Because I think that's what it's all about, actually. We don't all have to agree with each other. But we can all debate, which I think is... Uh, which is fantastic. So, yes, fine mail. There's nothing fine. the Chelsea fan cast likes more than a mass debate. Uh. <laughs> Do you know Come what? Come on, Gage. Oh, very good, Dan. Um, breaking Dan news. Say, I'm sorry, I didn't hear. What did Dan say? Come on, Chidge. Uh, that's that's Bukaki, isn't it? Anyway. Um, yeah. Jonathan, breaking news. Breaking yeah. news. On Twitter, uh, Lenny Pidgeley, the Lenny Pidgeley, has said, loving these fan bites. Keep up the good work, sir. Oh, Lenny. Lenny Pidgeley. Oh, oh sweet. Thank you. How, How nice. How about that? How lovely. There's a footballer that I've watched who likes my fan There you bite. go. Um, now, this is a, a, a proper, well, I mean, they're all proper emails, but this is hopefully one that we can uh, come up with some sort of an answer to. Um, it's from the lovely Roy Stennings. I think this, I could be wrong, and I, he, he may well correct me if I'm, I am, but I think this is the lovely Roy who used to phone up uh, the Love Sport radio uh, iteration of this show uh, many, well, what is now many moons ago. And he was lovely. And I always, it, it was either an Isha or Epsom, and I would always get it the wrong way around, as I just have. Uh, but anyway, Roy, if it is you, Isha. Epsha. Epsha, yeah. Roy, if it is you, lovely to hear from you, mate. Thank you for writing in. Hi, Chidge, Jonathan, and other esteemed guests. What is happening with Chelsea tickets for members. I'm not a season ticket holder, but I've been a Chelsea member ever since Chelsea started the membership scheme back in the 80s, I think. I've nearly always been able to get tickets for home games when I want them. I just make sure that I'm online when they go on sale. However, this year has been a disaster. Although I'm logged on just before they go on sale, by the time I'm offered the chance to log in, all the tickets are gone. Other than tickets for Westview, for which I will not pay their extortionate prices. Uh, quite right. Sure, the facilities in the Westview concourse are very nice for a football ground, but the views for the match on offer to members in this stand are probably the worst in the stadium. I concur. So far this season, I've tried and failed to get tickets for AC Milan, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Fulham and Southampton. I also failed for Man City, but that was because I didn't have enough loyalty points. The only matches I've been successful for this season is Zagreb and Bournemouth. For the last two home games to have gone on sale, I was logged on 15 minutes uh, logged in 15 minutes after the tickets went on sale for Fulham, they'd all gone. 
And I was logged in nine minutes after the tickets went on sale for Southampton. But again, all the tickets are gone, other than the Westview, of course. To compare it to last season, uh, my friend Neil Olif and I attended a lot of home games and even built up enough loyalty points to have been able to go to both cup finals. This season, we are not hopeful of being able to attend any more home games. What is going on? Why are the tickets going so quickly? I guess Westview has played a part in this and there may be less tickets available to members now. Uh, It's so bad at the moment, it makes you question just what is the point of a membership anymore? It was never like this under Roman or Ken Bates. I know I probably should have aimed this email at the Chelsea Supporters Trust, but thought the best Chelsea and and football podcast may be able to shed some light on the issue as to what is going on. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only listener who is frustrated with this. Thanking you in advance. Kindest regards and keep the blue flag flying high, Roy Stennings. Well, Roy, I'm very uh, touched by your praise of the the fan cast. And as it happens, you've got two Chelsea Supporters Trust board members here and the chairman is actually listening live. So we might be able to give you an answer. I mean, Dan, my take on it is two things spring to mind. I think there are three things. Two I'm sure about, one I'm not so sure about. One is Westview has severely limited... Well, actually, Safe Standing has severely limited members' capacity because we lost, I think, a couple of thousand due to that, but or maybe a thousand. But uh, I think the Westview has not helped, although, I mean, that, that certainly was an area where members could go. So I think those two things have been an issue. But I, I wonder if the new the new ticketing site the way that they're doing that now is contributing as well and and by the way and you know this i know dan but this is a cop I, we have so many complaints about this don't we on the trust this season people you know particularly away people who've been managing to get away tickets for years can't get them it seems very random nobody seems to understand what's going on which is why i think there may be something to do with the new ticketing system but shed some light on it please and i'll hopefully mark will have answered my question too you're on mute mate Yes, they, they they did rehouse a lot of um, uh, Westview people, so a lo- lot lo- lo- less tickets available. And I, I don't have an answer. I, it, so, as you say, so many people complaining about lack of availability, less tickets available. I mean, I, 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 I don't have an answer. I think it's something, again, we have our next board meeting with the uh, the board. We'll bring this up again and just try and get an answer because, you know, there's no communication with the club as to why this is happening. It just seems it's very arbitrary who does get tickets and who doesn't. So, but I said the, the major point is that there are less tickets available. That's the, the key issue because of the, the the moving around of people from Westview into other parts of, of the ground. Yes, I mean, it, it just seems. I mean, I think it's very disingenuous of the club, by the way, to market membership so aggressively on the basis that you can get a ticket when clearly you've got something like a a one in. I mean, you know. There's, there's, I, I don't know how many members there are now, but I always re- used to remember the figure was about ninety thousand. I think it's over a hundred thousand. It I must believe. be over a hundred thousand yeah. now. And the reality is, there's something like what five thousand tickets going for members at home games. It's a really ridiculously small number. And I mean, and for members, it's got even worse. Sorry, for away games, it's got even yeah. worse now that they've increased the, uh, dare I say, at the corporate sure. level. So yeah. it is a real issue. But I'm, I'm convinced it has something to do with the new. The new ticketing system. Um, yeah. Mark, Especially... help us out, Mister Meehan, Help us out. If he, if Mark does post something on here whilst we're talking about other emails, I will. Aha, uh-huh. there we go. 
Mark, just just by magic, that was magic, that was. Mark says, anything up to a 1,000 less tickets per game now available because of Westview and relocation. That's the relocation due to season ticket holders, I think, being relocated from Westview. Uh, VWR has 6,000 tickets a game for members and anything up to 18,000 members online chasing them. So that's kind of pretty much saying the same as we are, isn't it? Yeah. There's a one, you've got a one in three chance of getting it, and I don't think it matters what time. It, don't, it doesn't matter what time you go on. Apparently, that's one thing we did learn that you go on at a, a minute to ten or twenty to ten. It's, it's arbitrary lucky. It doesn't make any difference what time you go on, and that there are no hacks. I know there's lots of rumours about hacks. There are no hacks. Yeah, they, they they can cut if they if there's anything they suspect's a bit dodgy. They can literally block you from getting tickets. So there, there, there are no hacks. It is luck. It's luck of the draw. Yeah, you, know, you, could, you could have fifteen windows open, one window open. You you might just get in with the one or the fifteen. There's no there's no hard and fast rule about doing it. There's no tricks. Unfortunately, the, the you know demand and supply, and it's going to be very difficult. And I, I do really sympathise with with Roy because it's you know he wants to go to games. We all want to go to games. I know. It's, it's just it's very difficult. I don't know the solution to it, but I I, I mean look, Roy, rest assured, uh, Mark, who's listening in live and is the chairman of the trust at the moment. Uh, and uh, me and Dan uh, will do everything we can to, 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 you know, chase the club up on this. In fact, actually, Mark's just followed up by saying, and the Trust have met with the club today to talk about tickets, and the Trust will be doing a ticketing survey very soon because it's, you know, it's not, as he said, it's not a queuing system. People are choosing uh, at random in a queue, so it's it's complicated. Um, there is always, well done, Bowley's Barbarians. I hope I'm not mumbling too much for you now, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> apparently uh apparently uh this is something that you we should be aware of actually and again it's 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 so oversubscribed but but there is a ticket exchange that's always also a good port of call uh if you want to try and get a ticket and you you have to be a member to uh get access to that so but it is a massive problem dan isn't it massive problem yeah because we're, we're still even though we're having a, a bad season there's still huge demand nothing a relegation can't cure yeah exactly you know i think i think premier league football whether you're a, a long-term Chelsea fan. You just want to come up with one game. It's huge, huge demand. But I will say, Roy, listen. If you, if you, I don't know where he lives, but if he's got a trip planned, and he wants to give us one of us a shout, we might be able to get him tickets anyway. Because we always know people who can't go on, you know. So if he does want to get tickets, just to maybe pick a game, let us know if he's coming down from distance. We'll do our best to try and find him tickets. Sorry, I'm just just blocking somebody on Twitter. Prick. Sorry, where, no. where, I, I missed that. Can you say that again? No, I, was basically saying, I don't know where Roy comes down from. But if he's coming, if he hasn't got tickets, he's, he's picked a weekend to come down to game. Just let us know. We can see if we can source some tickets. Because generally speaking, we know enough people who may not be going. He might be able to, you know, yeah. give him a ticket. So keep in touch. Yeah, you're now going to be more more in in demand and oversubscribed than the bloody ticket office, mate. But uh, it's a kind thought, and we we do yeah. we do do what we can. We can, but yeah. we can and we can never promise. We're not a ticket exchange, but. Uh, there we go. Sorry, I got distracted by Twitter then, but I, somebody was writing errant nonsense and it just completely threw me. Sorry, Dan. I apologize for being so rude. Uh, JK, Hugh Jameson. Hugh Jameson. Chidge, JK, and guests. Before I start, I want to say how wonderfully the fan cast spoke and reminisced about Luca last Friday on a tough day for us all, regaling stories and memories. It was a fitting tribute. Yeah, Dean did wonderfully, Dean Mears, and... Uh, Tony was terrific and um, everybody was terrific on it. They did really well. Yeah, well done. Um, uh, I've been thinking about writing this email for a while now. In the depths of despair, we currently find ourselves in 
I figure now is as good time as any. Uh, there's been lots of Potter noise about on social media and even on this podcast. Is he the right man for the job? Look what Tuchel did with this lot of players. We were successful under Roman all these years. Chelsea needs to win trophies every year. I'm really thinking, what is the best that Potter can do with this group of players? Or at least, what is the best outcome of this season? As proposed by Chidge, play the youth and see what happens. Maybe develop a system and utilise data and analytics to identify talent to fit into a playing style. This appears to be the approach being taken and with a new year, a new direction to play four at the back. OK, I can get on board with this, but the approach will produce rocky performances. If four at the back is the directive, are the board willing to suffer through the results that come with it? Indeed, you. Taking us back to the days of the Lampard era, where leaking more goals, 15 on the counter-attack in the previous eight games, than the entirety of the 2004-05 season is commonplace. Or should Potter be able to do what Tuchel could not and use his magic to make four at the back work with Reese, Chile and Fofana out. A hapless Cucurella. It's a lovely word to describe Cucurella there, Hugh. And Koulibaly and an ageing Silva and Aspilicueta. Well, interestingly, I think the, the, the player who isn't worried about ageing, of course, is, um, is Silva, who's been uh, absolutely fantastic. We didn't mention it, but that crunching tackle he did on Mateta, where the ball ended up about 40 yards away, was just absolutely brilliant. He was so good. But the others, yeah, they're not up to scratch at the moment. Um, but as we say, Fafana was seen to be training today. Mm. Despite the success on the pitch in what has been a great time, it's, it, in, in which it's been a great time to be a Chelsea fan, we've all seen the decline of the squad quality over the years. As managers bring in their players only to be sacked six months later. On Monday's podcast, Blues Mooned, excellent listening as always, chapped. Chaps, Chidge, JK and Clayton had to go all the way back to 200, 2016 and the signing of N'Golo Kante to name a signing that had significantly improved the squad. Perhaps Chile and Silva under Frank would fall under this bracket as improvements too, in my opinion. But as I said, managers bringing in their players has left us with a squad of prior manager playthings. The following is a list of the current squad, including low knees and the manager under which they were signed. Academy players, I'm giving the benefit to the manager they broke into the first team under. N'Golo Conte, Antonio Conte. Ethan Ampidu, loan, Antonio Conte. Timuri Bakayoko, loan, Antonio Conte. Christian Pulisic, Frank Lampard. Hakim Zayek, Frank Lampard. Ben Chilwell, Frank Lampard. Malang Sarr, loan, Frank Lampard. Yes, you forget he's been loaned out, hasn't he? He's gone to Monaco, hasn't he, Sarr? Um, they sold him actually. Have they? Have they sold him? Or... I think I sold him. Yeah, we sold him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thiago Silva, Frank Lampard. Kai Havertz, Frank Lampard. Edouard Mondi, Frank Lampard. Reese James, Frank Lampard. Mason Mount, Frank Lampard. Benoit Badiashile. Sorry, I can't help myself. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Benoit Badiashile, Graham Potter. Uh, Andre Santos, Graham Potter. Datro Fafana, Graham Potter. In fact, we haven't mentioned the other Fafana, have we? He's coming. Because um, uh, he, he was under Tuchel, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Graham Potter. Lewis Hall, Graham Potter. Barbara Raman. Oh, my God. I'd forgotten all about him. Jose Mourinho. Goes to show how far back he goes. Jorginho. Jorginho, Sarri. Matteo Kovacic, Sarri. Kepa Arizabalaga. 
It was the Balaga, uh, Sari. Ruben Loftus Cheek, Sari. Callum Hudson Adoy, loan, Sari. Cesar Aspilaqueta, Roberto Di Matteo, blimey, amazing. Um, Marcus Bettinelli, Thomas Tuchel. Romelu Lukaku, loan, Thomas Tuchel. Raheem Sterling, Thomas Tuchel. Omari Hutchinson, Thomas Tuchel. Kaladu Kulabale, Thomas Tuchel. Kani Chukwameka, Thomas Tuchel. Mark Cucarella, Thomas Tuchel. Cesare Casade, Thomas Tuchel. Gaga Selina, Thomas Tuchel. Pierre Aubameyang, Thomas Tuchel. Wesley Fofana, there he is, Thomas Tuchel. Dennis Sicaria, Thomas Tuchel. Trevor Chalabar, Thomas Tuchel. Conor Gallagher, Thomas Tuchel. Armando Brozier, Thomas Tuchel. As a side, note players like Barkley, Drinkwater, Zappa Costa and Emerson, Antonio Conte, Batshuayi, Gus Hiddink, blimey, Werner, Frank Lampard, Kennedy and Zuma, Jose Mourinho, who have had varying degrees of impact on the Chelsea first team in recent years, have all finally been moved on. That is a squad made up of seven managers. This is really good stuff, isn't it, actually? Yeah. Brilliant. Isn't it from you? Really good stuff. Really, really good. This is a squad made up of seven managers. We have pass it sideways, Sarri Ball. We have do not worry about defending Lampard Ball. <laughs> we have can't score for shit, Tuchel Ball. Do we expect immediate success with an amalgamation of Sarri Lampard, Tuchel, Potter Ball? So I repeat the question. What's the best that Potter can do with this bunch of players? Players that for the most part are on big money and seem totally disinterested in playing for the badge. Players with no fight left in them. Pulisic, Zayek, though Zayek played well. Jorginho, yeah, he played well, well. Alba, yeah. they might as well be left out playing for the reserves. I'm just about willing to give some benefit of the doubt to Sterling. No, no, don't. Havertz and Koulibaly, no, but it's close. Get players who are willing to run around, even if Potter's tactics dictate they are to do so, like headless chickens for a full 90 minutes. That is my minimum requirement. I find myself reminiscing back to the 16-17 season and our last title-winning squad to the days of Cahill, Matic, Kante, Fabregas, Costa, Hazard, Pedro. Um, you've left out um, uh, curly-haired. Um, Luis. Luis, yeah. Wondering where our leadership on the field has gone because Luis contributed hugely to that title-winning season. Why hasn't it been replaced? Tuning into the matches these days has me channeling the spirit of Delia Smith screaming at the TV, where are you? Where are you? In Jorginho's case, about five yards behind play. <laughs> Who out of this squad when a teammate gets hacked down is running over to the opposition player and getting in their face, telling them to fuck off? Well, Mount doesn't. Well, any person that did, when um, they were trying to pick up Conor Gallagher, Thiago yeah. Silva's the first man he ran, was. ran he over was. and first person on the scene to back up um, Conor. Absolutely right. So you, you want five or six doing that? Yeah. Well, the trouble is, if you do over four, you get reported to the FA. Okay, you want four doing it then? Exactly, because yeah. Fulham, who'd had five complaining about Felix's tackle, have just been reported to the FA. Because five, four is the lucky number. If you go any more, you get reported. So it'll be Arsenal will be done at the weekend as well. Um, but they just do that quite regularly. Uh, perhaps we miss Rudiger as a dressing room presence even more than his on-field abilities. I mean, that was a complete cock-up with Rudiger, wasn't it? I mean, you couldn't avoid it because of the sanctions, really. No, totally wrong. They should have got Rudiger sorted out at the start of that season by the, by the time we kicked off. And a year left, 
Yes. Should have nailed down well before what, that. What were, they, what were they playing at then, Dan? What were they playing at that they didn't do it? Yeah. Were they hoping Mar that... Marini was playing silly ball with um, contract negotiations. So I think it was down to Marina not not pulling, giving him the right contract the right terms. Thing and, is, it, and then it was too late. It was too late. Yeah. And then sanctions came in, it was too late. I think he would have probably stayed. He'd been the right deal on the table. Because he's, you know, he's got two kids, wife, settled in England. That should be nailed down before start of the sanction season in the summer easily. They that that's a, that's a massive fuck up letting him go. Not so much Christensen, but definitely Rudiger. Yeah, yeah, he was hugely important, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. The season doing well under Tuchel, yeah. And I do hope that it's because he cared as well. Actually, that's what's so fantastic about Rudiger that I loved was that something would happen. You could see him really fretting if something was going wrong, which is you don't see that a lot. From yeah, definitely. Okay. I, uh, carrying on, I do hope that as part of the process in signing these data-driven talents, well expressed, we're putting a strong emphasis and consideration towards mentality and hunger to play for this wonderful club of ours. Thanks for all you do. It really does feel like I'm right there with you in the stands, cheering on the lads, whether rain or fine. Keep the blue flag flying high and up the Chelsea. Well done, Hugh. Very good indeed. Yeah, good well Utterly brilliant, wasn't it? Very. I mean, the analysis was was superb. Yeah. Hugh, thank you so much. Really appreciate that, uh, that email. That was That's good enough to put on the website, actually, I think. I think you should. should I might ask him if I can. Yeah, yeah. Okie dokie. Next one is from Anthony Grizzos. Good day, lads. Because uh, he is from uh, Portsmouth. No, my name is Anthony and I'm a Chelsea supporter living in Australia. Okay. I started listening to the podcast. No, I'm not going to carry on doing that. During COVID, when the only thing I could do was go for a 30 minute walk every day. Before I delve into what I believe the issues are at Chelsea, I wanted to tell you guys a bit more about me and my Chelsea upbringing. This is quite funny. I read this earlier. When I was a young boy, the only player that I knew was Ronaldo. So that just automatically made me a United supporter in Australia. Growing up in Australia, that's what everyone did at my age, support United because of Ronaldo. However, there was a game on the TV that my dad had put on and Chelsea was playing against United. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry about that. That's stuck in my throat. Uh, watching the game, I finally saw the light and realised that the Chelsea Football Club was my calling I instantly fell in love with a certain number eight. Any guesses who that is? Super Frank. Since then, I've worn the number eight in my Sunday league team and have been a, a central midfielder my whole life as well. And I also fell in love with a certain striker that wore the number 11, Didier Drogba. Since that day, I fell in love with this great but not so great football club at the moment. This happened when I was roughly seven years old and since then, I've followed this club. Growing up, surprisingly, no one at my primary school went for Chelsea. Uh, they were either United or Liverpool. So I was left to fend for myself when I was defending Chelsea during form slumps and sacking of managers. I then finished primary school and went into high school. Where, guess what? Again, there was no Chelsea supporter in sight. My school was filled with Liverpool supporters. This was where my Liverpool hatred grew because their supporters are so biased and one-eyed. Uh, I found this out the hard way when a few of my mates were trying to convince me that Virgil van Dijk is better than JT. Like, seriously, are they actually serious? Or there are also many occasions when they said that they were the greatest team this decade. Obviously, they were forgetting where they were before Klopp joined and how dominant we've been. Now, whilst being at both primary school and high school, 
I joined a cricket and football team where, again, no one supports Chelsea. And it's again filled with the occasional City supporter, but mostly dominated by United, Liverpool and Arsenal. I graduated high school and went to university, and you will never guess what happened. Yep, you guessed it. Not one Chelsea supporter again. Now, that's roughly around the same time that I found this podcast, and I realised that I don't need to have any mates that support Chelsea, because when I listen to you guys vent your frustrations, it also allows me to feel these frustrations as if we are having a conversation with each other. Now, into football. JK saying that we're going to be a relegation battle. Although it sounds utterly stupid, it also makes a lot of sense. We see that that is the genius of JK. He, you know, everything he says sounds utterly stupid and yet strangely also makes a lot of sense. That's why I love him. However, I've changed my mind. In what respect? <clears throat> I don't think they will be relegated because I think the uh, the players will come back who are injured and will will then start, uh, you know, picking up points here and there. Lovely. There we go. Now, our current form is the worst in the Premier League with only one league win in the last nine games. Now, this is, you wrote this before the Palace win, obviously. And if you can recall the, that, that game we won, we should have lost against Villa if it wasn't for the heroics of Kepa, who decided to play like prime Petr Cech. Who is really to blame for this? Is it the coach, the players, the backroom staff? Well, certainly having nine injuries to players that can all play first-team football doesn't help either. Or is the scouting of the players the issue? Can someone please justify me the signing of Felix? Although I do think... He, well, he's on loan at the moment, mate. But uh, Although I do think that he is a great player and will help us if he gets the service. Uh, but the issue is, who in the midfield is going to give him the ball? There's a lack of creativity in the middle, which is simply not good enough for a top club like us. Well, here, bloody here, I've been saying it for eons. I think they are going to try and address it, from what I understand. But uh, I totally agree with you mate uh we can sign all the forwards in the world but if we don't have anyone to give them the ball the forward is going to be useless and don't even get me started on the right back situation where you're, you're speaking jk's language here dave i love you but you are simply too old we need someone else to cover for reese but let's face it we're an average team coached by an average we're in it we are an average team coached by an average coach don't get me wrong, I do not want Potter sacked. However, he is walking on thin ice with most of the supporter base. I hope we're still with him, but if we don't find any improvements, we could be in trouble. We may find ourselves in six-point games with the likes of Forest, Wolves and Everton if we don't show any signs of improvement. Sorry for the long email, but I just had to get some things off my chest about this club, seeing as though I can only vent to my mates who don't go to Ch- uh, for Chelsea and don't understand my pain and struggles. Hopefully we get a result against Fulham. Actually, he wrote it before Fulham, blimey. Keep the blue flag flying high, Anthony. Well, you must have been even more apoplectic with rage after Fulham, Anthony, but I hope you're feeling slightly better, as we all are tonight, after winning against Palace. Anyway, great email, mate. Well done. Yeah, yeah well done. Terrific, terrific. And great to hear from, from Australia. Great, brilliant to hear from him in Australia. I yeah, love it. Definitely. Keep them coming, Anthony. Write again, please. Yeah. Really- I feel his pain because no one, no one at my school supported Chelsea yeah. or college. So I do know it's like when the only Chelsea fan in town. Well done. Damn right. Uh, now, the email gods have dictated, JK, that the next email is for you, and it's from your friend Charles Rose. Yeah, Charles, who had a little bit of a go at me for calling Graham Potter a wet lettuce. Um, uh, okay, then, how about... Um, uh, uh, not very good geography teacher. Well, we should just call him the boring one. I mean, we've had the special one. Yeah, that's good. I like that one, should yeah. Solid hold, David Brent. I like Graham Potterfield, actually. Yeah. 
you know i think that's quite good but anyway very good indeed in fact all right well i'll try and do that from now on okay good um oh lord don't ask me questions blimey that's a graham parker in the rumor except he's put garam parker garam parker now don't oh. get pissy just because he called you out in a twit, no, a twit. No, I'm not. anybody can make a make a spelling typo. i know i know but you know it's ruined the gag Oh, Lord, don't ask me questions. Graham Parker in the room. Graham Parker, not Graham Potter. Yes, I've got that as a 45. Um, how to fix this awful mess. Have, I'm not talking about my relationship with you, Charles. How to, this is what you've written. How to fix this awful yeah. mess. <laughs> me, 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 me. Having penned my usual diatribe for CFC UK, I'm conflicted. Patience is a word not understood at our club for decades, and yet... The questions are piling up and the manager is taking the brunt of them all, as he should. Reality is that this is an injury crisis beyond anything we've had before. The trouble is, though, Charles, is some of the people injured we don't care about because they're not very good. Some of them, you know, I think we'd have a list of them and just tick them off as going, I don't care if they never play again. Anyway, we lost players last summer due to inactivity partially caused by the takeover debacle and replaced them with shadows of the departed. Rudy for Koulibaly. Uh, Koulibaly for Rudy, surely. We've made ridiculous, ridiculous. I think it's my fault, this, so don't stop digging him out on it. <laughs> I'm not, not digging him out. I'm just pronouncing it as I'm seeing it. It says ridiculous signings at laughable prices, Cucurella, and dumb business that sooner or later will lead us into the FFP trap set by UEFA. We are already under scrutiny. And fact, Charles, I think that was a rogue tweet by somebody who said um uh uefa are very interested and are looking at things in, in great depth because they're not mugs this lot and they will be they will already have worked all of this out so fret not i don't think there is an ffp trap here there isn't no indeed we're, we're, we're well under and limits absolutely and also we'll sell a few players in the summer so that we yeah. could with the changing of all the personnel, I suspect even the medical staff have been disrupted and thus the injury crisis is probably worse than needed. It is thus the perfect storm. My point is I stand by giving GP time. There's no point in changing the manor, manager at this stage unless we really need to a bounce to avoid, mention it quietly, relegation. And even then that would set us back massively consolidate right this season off hope that next year we can regroup with a sensible squad of potter's cue players sorry potteresque players and then get back to some normality this combined with a renewed focus on the ground and the reset of the business model means chelsea will be box office for all the wrong reasons for some time to come best to you all charles um i, I agree with charles completely but as i say it, it doesn't mean i can't take the mickey out of the manager but um the more information we're getting and the more that i mean i feel i feel um uh, the tension lessened by these purchases i have to say which if having even though i prophesied this would happen in october if you remember i do uh, I, yes i said that they would buy at least five players because that fitted the business model um and they would be uh all upgrades on versions we've got and, and I, as I said, I, I think they will start selling people in the summer uh, and all the people that we've pointed as being surplus to requirements. Um, and uh, um, so, you know, it, it is it is possible to change one's view. You know, I, I'm more and more beginning to get it and seeing what is required. And so I'm less um, 
doom and gloom. Uh, but I think if we'd lost yesterday and we'd lose, lost against Liverpool and Fulham, it's still not over yet. We could lose against Liverpool and Fulham and th they'd still then be worries about entering the relegation fight. But I foresee there being too many players coming back in um, uh, who are good, uh, who will settle us all down. And I think yesterday was an example of them making more effort. I think the, the, the dilemma we've been having is this spiral of lacking of, of activity and the ball being passed backwards, which was making them look easily beaten by anybody. But we're not out of it yet. But I think it's less likely for me now that they're going to be relegated. But it's still, you know, all it, all it needs is, say, three losses in a row and we'd be right down amongst the dead men, you know. So, but, um, but yes, that's a very sensible letter from Charles, as you would expect. Uh, former uh, chairman of the Chelsea pitch owners, of course, is our, our friend Charles. There we go, Dan. You you want to chip in? Yeah, I just just I said I said before earlier in the podcast. It's just it's just a very it's a very different Chelsea now, and I don't think there's any danger we're going to get relegated. To. I don't think we're going to go anywhere near top four. I don't think we get anywhere near relegation. I think there's four or five appalling teams below us, and we'll pick up more than enough points to be safe. I mean, we might even arse it into the Europa Conference League. Because the one thing we haven't won, yeah, is we need to win that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think we'll end up somewhere seventh, maybe. I think we'll put a bit of run together. Key key players back. That's the thing. Mm. Key players back. Reese, Chile, etc. We'll we'll be fine. It's just yeah. it's just going to be a it's just going to be with an horribilis of the season, mm. and we'll just end up. You know, hopefully, City will win the league. Kind of Arsenal winning it, and we'll, we'll crack on next year. And hopefully, brand new squad. All the arseholes out this would be a Graham Potter squad not a seven manager squad well we've never won the championship either so you know there's always a silver lining right Richard Willicombe what 46 games all the podcast of the uh, what do you call them the uh, vloggers will piss off because there's no value watching Chelsea mate I tell you I said to Matt my mate Matt last night if we get relegated I will go to every away game by hook oh, or by crook imagine, I will yeah. absolutely go potty for it uh, anyway uh, obviously, I clearly, uh, for for avoidance of doubt, uh, uh, I do not want Chelsea to get relegated, just to make that clear. Uh, right, uh, Richard Willicombe, dear Chidge and the gang. There's a band. Oh, no, that was cool on the gang. Uh, right, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Before I go on, I just wanted to let you know how much we as Chelsea fans appreciate the great work you all do with the show. Long may it continue. Well, thanks, Richard. That's really very, very kind. Uh, the trophy-winning machine, Chelsea, we have known and loved for the past 20 years, died the day Putin rolled his tanks into Ukraine. Whether we like it or not, we are. Whether we like it or not, we are at the biggest crossroads in this club's 118-year history. The current squad is split into two. One half of the players couldn't give a monkey's fart about the club. The fans, that wonderful blue shirt, that special badge. The only thing they care about is their wage packet. I'm not going to name the players, but they aren't all pre-Yank. Uh, owners purchases the other half are young hungry and want to prove themselves they are at an elite club so bloody give them a go the season is fucked a complete write-off where uh, where we will deem success on not going into may still working out how many points we need to stay up is potter the answer in my opinion no fucking way can he turn it around who knows but whether we like it or not he's in charge of our club as chelsea fans we've no choice but to back him Get behind the players and, tact and, the, and the tactics he picks and support the team. No one individual is bigger than any club, but he can help himself by not picking the same overpaid mercenaries 
who play like Maradona and Pele rolled into one in the World Cup, and then like Dave Mitchell when they come home and put on a blue shirt. They are the cancer of the club and they need to be removed before it spreads. We've invested in young, hungry talent. Someone in the club's hierarchy has obviously looked at and made a sound business decision to invest millions on teenagers, so let them show what they can do. If you're a Chelsea fan under 30, I genuinely feel sorry for you. You've only known trophies, sticking up Tottenham on a regular basis and good times. For those who have never stood in the shed, we need to remember back to why we fell in love with this amazing club, what it felt like at Wembley in 1997 and Bolton in 2005, Munich in 2012, and embrace the memories because that's all they are now and no one can ever take them away. And the fact that we were the first and still are the only club in London with two European Cups up the Chelsea. Richard, Richard, I love your email. I, th- I think that we need to deposit you into the dressing room before the match against Liverpool on Saturday and give the team talk because I think your passion would scare the bejesus out of quite a few of those players and I think it's brilliant. What say you two boys? Yes. Spot on. Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're under 30 to 40, you've only known success and that's not nobody's fault. You know, you, you don't know what a struggle is. You know, struggle is the Mourinho second season and, you know, even in the AVB season, we still in the Champions League. We've only had one dreadful season in 20 years, which was Mourinho Mark II season three. Other than that, been a bloody bloody brilliant time yeah definitely. but it's you know it, we are where we are and that's 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 it we are where we are and i'll tell you exactly where we are we are at half time uh and uh before we have a quick uh lemon break i should tell you about something that's absolutely fabulous uh the first thing that's absolutely fabulous is the fact that this is about alexandra churchill who we all love on this show and it was fantastic to see alex last night and uh, have a bit of a giggle with her during and after the uh, the Cundy gig. But uh, in her day job, Alex is a, a fine, fine military historian. And she's got a, a, a company called Historia Travel, I-S-T-O-R-I-A Travel. And uh, as you may know, we went off on a, a big jolly with Alex uh, to do a Chelsea fan cast First World War tour uh, centred around a lot of the football uh, well, the football battalion, basically, but a lot of Chelsea players who fought in the First World War, and it was brilliant. Anyway, there is a reprise of that this summer, uh, and it's this July, three nights in France and Belgium, lots of beer and chocolate, perfect for beginners or people who've been before, and there's scoped ad stops for family members. So in other words, if you've got um, a relative who died in the First World War that's kind of in the area, then the, they will research it and take you to the, the grave and tell you all about it. It's absolutely brilliant. I mean, me and Tony had so much fun. Uh, I, I regret I cannot go this year because I'm already booked for something else. But they do them every year. So if you're interested in a bit of history, if you've got relatives who fought in the world's First World War and died there and you're more interested in that and you want to go... I mean, I also drank that weekend more than I've ever drunk before. It was ridiculous how drunk I got. So it's, it's great fun as well. And there'll be good people there. So there we go. Uh, well, it's uh, easy to find. Uh, www.historiatravel.org or follow them at, at Historia Travel on Twitter. Uh, and uh, there you go. Now, Alex, funny enough, will be on the show on Friday. So uh, no doubt she can uh, she can spend a little bit of time talking about it far more coherently than me. Right. We will be back very soon. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? 
Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, part two of In Off the Post, uh, the kind of little show we do when we've got so many emails we just don't know what to do with them apart from read them out. And that's exactly what we're going to do now. I have the absolutely lovely Jonathan Kidd with me and the equally lovely Dan Silver. Hello, Chidge. Lovely to see you. I know. It's been so long, isn't it? It's incredible. How are you? You've grown a beard. I know. I know. It's, the show's been that long tonight. Uh, we've got an email from one of our favourite people in the world again, a reprise from last week. Ryan Wolf. The Wolf. Wolf. It's a... It's a... Can we call him It's a... No. Okay. Um... Thank you for your kind words on my email the other night. Uh, Again, writing to share my thoughts around the current situation and to explain why, as supporters, we need to take a step back and think, which is what I've done, Brian. I think you'll notice my evolution as this this version of the the podcast has been evolving. Uh, The first step in fixing a problem is acknowledging one exists. And I don't think the larger Chelsea community knows what it is. Hmm. Are any of the listeners familiar with the film Moneyball? It details the trials of Major League Baseball's Oakland Athletics and their general manager, Billy Bean, as he seeks to remain competitive at a financially strapped team. The most famous scene, which I've linked here for Chidge to share if desired, but I'll read it out, everybody. HTTPS colon slash slash forward forward www.youtube.com forward slash watch question mark V equals P capital W 
small g, small y, small y, underscore, R-I-M-A-G. R-L. Be careful how you type that in. Are you sure? It looks like a little dot to me. Oh, you're right. It's an L. Chidge is right. It's an L. I've got it wrong. Shall I start again? No, no I won't. No, I wasn't going to. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. I was giving a rhetorical no. Um, involves Billy and his team trying to identify how to replace three star players leaving on a free. Players whom he cannot afford to re-sign. His scouting team thinks on a grounded scale, focusing on developing new players within their academy, signing budget-free agents and hoping they will one day become as good as what they've lost. I'm terribly sorry, that's terrible English. As those they've lost, Brian, please, please. Because it's worked before, they want to continue on the same path they've been, even though it will lead to the same results. Brad Pitt, who portrays Billy Bean, has had enough. He calls out of the room, calls out the room. Oh, no, that's good. He calls out the room to ask everyone there what they think the problem is. Varying answers are given, all of them wrong. The problem, Billy says, is all an unfair game. There are rich teams, poor teams, more junk, and then the Oakland Athletics. He realises that setting out on the same path will accomplish the same results, if they're even that lucky. If they do not change the way the Oakland A's think about operating, they will die. They simply cannot continue on as usual. Without doubt, that conversation has also happened in most PL boardrooms over the past 15 years. Think Brentford. And elements of it are happening at Chelsea because despite a wildly superior amount of resources, we've reached a fork in the road. We need to grasp what the problem is before we can speak to how to fix it. And the problem is this. For 20 years, we were a Russian's hobby. We were the richest club in the country. We had a very short-term approach that yielded some fantastic memories and results and trophies. But the game has changed. The owner is new. We are no longer the richest club. And the way we operated, which was, was already starting to fail us, will no longer yield the same success as it once did. Like Billy, we cannot do business as usual. We have to think differently. If we don't do that, we will continue to fall off and eventually fail. Potter is not the problem. A group of players is not the problem. A rash of injuries is not the problem. Are these all areas of concern and worth speaking about? Yes. But these are all symptoms of the larger problem. Fixing one will not solve the overarching problem from which they derive. There are no guarantees in solving problems. The Clear Lake way is not guaranteed to be the right way or the only way. But it is a new way. <laughs> new ways. <laughs> new ways take time and they do require validation, which admittedly we aren't getting with our current form. The 2002 Oakland Athletics started with 20 wins, 26 losses. There were loud calls for Bean to be fired as general manager and the experiment scrapped. Ownership instead stuck with him and the plan. Top performers who started the season poorly gradually returned to top levels. Shrewd signings paid off. They finished the season with 103 wins, 
59 losses, the best record in club history. The A's approach has been adopted by every club, nullifying their effectiveness, but succeeding even more at other clubs. One of those is the LA Dodgers, who in just a few short seasons have become the most dominant team in the league by balancing an intelligent approach with a bevy of resources. I think most of you know that's where Tom Bowley's experience comes from. Be well, everyone. Stay away from Twitter. R.I.P. Viale. Ryan Wolf. I think what's happening is, I, I, I think it's a lovely email. It's a lovely email. But what's slowly happening is that I think more and more people, um, even in a week, I actually think it's possible, are coming round to the idea of what the club is doing, because I think they're slowly but surely beginning to understand it. Other than die-hard um, potter-out people who want success every week, I think those who are discerning and can understand what the club are doing, I think particularly buffeted by these signings, because I think this has been an important thing. I think if nobody had been signed and Potter had gone on with everybody thinking, what on earth is this man doing? I think there would have been mutiny. But I think now we've had the signings and people more and more, this kind of Brian's kind of um, proselytizing and philosophy is being um, a philosophy of the club. He's just he's just telling us what it is, is being shared. I think it's it's obvious that people are coming round much more to the idea. And uh, uh, lovely email, as always. He, he writes beautifully and it's um, it's quite a joy. Do you want the YouTube address again? No, no, John no, 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 no. I said I just said no. I, know. I said no to my, it was rhetorical. It I want I want to hear what because you know we're all good mates of Brian. Of all, all, I mean the interesting thing is collectively and individually we've all got our own little relationship with Brian. Jonathan's got you know a few flags done with Brian. Um, I've known Brian for donkeys and and the same, and uh, Dan knows him for different reasons. So it, it's 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 quite a lovely perspective. What do you what do you think of uh, our good mates email Dan? Yeah, great. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it talks a lot of sense. You know, Dodgers under Bowley, you say, have become, they're always there or thereabouts in the, um, in the World Series. They always do really well. So it's worked mm. and it's taken time. It's not, it's not, this is never going to be a quick fix as people seem to realize. This is not FIFA, it's not football managers, it's real life. It's not a quick fix. This is going to be a slow, slow rebuild. So yeah, I think, give it time. We're making some marquee signings, some statement signings. I mean, Xiao Fitz came out of nowhere. We went and got the business done with Madrid. Boom, done. We're, 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 we're making waves. Mm. We're pissing people off. So we are getting back to being the Chelsea yeah. when we bowl piss. Yeah, lovely, lovely that. I mean, look, my own reflection on it is, uh, you know, I come with a psychotherapist's view in some respects, but I think we do live in a world now where people want instant fixes. It's it's uh, it's quite common uh, in society now, and it's not realistic because life does not work like that. Uh, as Dan said, and I would say, actually, if anything's going on and what pick up Jonathan's point about some people wanting him out now and wanting us to win every game. Well, we all want to win every game and others being a bit more patient. I would say it is a classic eternal conflict between the intellect and the emotions. And if you're driven by your intellect, then you will be more considered like Brian is. And if you're driven by your emotions, you won't be. But if you're a combination of the two, then you would be a well-balanced individual. Oh, thank God. So not me and you then in that case. <laughs> but definitely Brian. Uh, all right. Uh, this is from Jeff Jones. He says, evening all. Evening all. Uh, type Jeff this... Jones who played cricket for England? I don't know. Maybe. 
I, I, do let us know, Jeff. Anyway, he says, evening all. Type this out after the Fulham debacle. And uh, I'm sending it after listening to the first 30 minutes of the preview show. I thought there was no way we could end up in a relegation fight. But the stats don't lie. I tell you, JK, we started something here. We're going to be probably rather embarrassed by this in weeks to come. Anyway, because nobody was believing us. They're all saying, ah, you're all stupid. You can't. What rubbish that is. And they're all now writing and saying, oh, we thought about it. And actually, you might have a point. Anyway, I thought there's no I've way. I've changed my mind. I've changed I know, my mind. So have I know. So have I. I know. We're just we're just so contrary. Uh, I thought there's no way uh, we could end up in a relegation fight, but the stats don't lie. We're in relegation form, and it's not over the course of four or five matches. One win in our last ten league matches. Potter won't see out the season because Clearlake can't afford for us to be relegated. It would be a disaster. As much as I want a long-term plan and don't want to overact like Arsenal supporters did when Arteta was struggling. Arteta wasn't struggling this much. Pep didn't struggle this much. Klopp didn't struggle this much. It was too much too soon for Potter. I want him to succeed and I want him to be given time, but they won't have a choice come the end of February when we're 16th or 17th in the table. I was waiting to send send this email after we lose to Palace on Sunday. Hopefully I've sent it in error. Hopefully you're reading it after a win. Jeff J, Atlanta, Georgia, USA. Well, Jeff, as you now know, we are reading it after a win, Dan. You're on mute, mate. Difference between Pep and Klopp is they, they had stellar careers before they came to Liverpool and Man City. And yes, they did. Pep first season looked at it, got with the Deadwood. I think Klopp just did he come sixth in his first season? He came in mid season when they sacked um, Brendan. He might have been eighth. And I mean, also, Klopp yeah. bought great players like Ben Teke. Yeah, exactly. Or, or he inherited. Anyway, he, he, no, he, came bought, in he bought Ben Teke. I mean, they had some bomb. terrible buys. I mean, it's there. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I think Klopp, Klopp had got Dortmund to Champions League final. Yeah. Pep, obviously, his history speaks. So these two were elite managers when they came over. Klopp's first season finished eight. Took him three years to win the league. They got they won the Champions League. They lost the Europa League final. Took him a bit of time. You know, Pep's Pep's Pep. He's done very well for City. Arteta had, had struggled as maybe as much as we did because they they lost their first. He did win the game. FA Cup though against us. Yeah, he did. Fair play. And I'm not arguing, but in terms of how they were, they lost to Brentford. They had a really bad start to the season. They lost to us. I think they got five points in their first 10 games. Yeah, exactly. They, they've had struggles. You know, you can compare the projects with Liverpool and City. They, they bought in structures to fit around the managers because that's what they've done. They give them all they've got time. I mean, Klopp's had struggling. They're not going to sack Klopp. Klopp's an elite manager. He might leave five, but they're not going to sack him. They built the entire project around Klopp around Guardiola and it's bearing fruit and it didn't happen overnight. None of this stuff will happen overnight. This is not FIFA football. This is building a club from the ground up completely in a completely new vision to what we're used to. Yeah. And it's going to take time. And the fact we're getting out there, we're getting um, Felix, we've got Madrid, we might get some more players. We're, 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 making, we're making moves, but it's going to be a slow fix. Yeah. Not going to go like that. Oh, right. Okay, we're back. We're challenging. It's going to take time. Arsenal's taken two years to get there. Six years without Champions League for Arsenal. Mm. Twelve years, no, longer. When's their last title? 2004. Yeah. 18 years without a title. Yeah. Arsenal really struggled. You know, they kept Wenger for too long. They got had to suffer um, the guy who's now at Villa, the manager, whatever his name is. Well, Emery, Emery, Dick Emery, Emery. I think you'll find, is, Emery, a, is, yeah. a, is a good manager, actually. But, I mean, you know, how do you follow Wenger? Exactly. It's the same exactly. with Moyes going to United after Fergie and yeah. Van Gaal, etc., etc., etc. Well, this, this is this is not a quick fix. It's a slow process, but I think we're we're making 
with all the tightness with FFP and so on and so forth, I think there's no regulations. We'd be going out spunky money left, right, and center, spending 500 million quid to, you know, to expedite it. This is this is a, a, a slow process. It's a new Chelsea. I hope it's going to be as successful as the old Chelsea, but this is a completely new everything for the club. Completely new. Right down to the tea lady, I'm sure. It, well, no, they are. They are literally ripping it up and starting again. Yeah. And funnily enough, Dan... The title of my next CFC UK piece, which I submitted last Friday, is called Rip It Up and Start Again. How about that? JK, the lovely Philip Kenley, who writes to us so frequently. Lovely Philip. Hello, Philip. Hi, all. Just seen Brighton go 2-0 up against the Liverpool team, who, despite having far fewer injuries than us, are struggling nearly as much as we are. And I'm inspired to have a go at trying to put forward the case that Potter may not be the disaster we're afraid he might be. I first would like to compare what is happening now to the pre-Potter era. There's a tendency, we've done this many times over the years, to confuse something that I am sure Chidge is very familiar with. The actual versus the remembered past. When we think of Tuchel, I'm guessing all our minds go back to one of our greatest nights in Porto, and also quite possibly to his bubbly <laughs> persona and general feistiness. What we choose to ignore is that for over a season after that, what we watched on the pitch was almost entirely crap. There were some notable outstanding performances versus Liverpool and the joy of beating Spurs um, four times. Oh, how I'd take that right now. And you, what you've missed out as well, Philip, is the uh, the wonderful um performance against Real Madrid mm. but really the truth is that almost all the rest was unmitigated tedium this is from the man we talk of now as one of the best managers in the world I put it to you that what happened under Potter quite possibly could have had happened if TT was still in charge things looked like they were going that way I put it to you that what has continued under Potter may show that it was not in any way TT's fault that we were going backwards that was entirely due to the terrible toxic mix of a disastrous transfer policy and a debilitating injury list. Maybe Potter being hired and maybe his inability to turn around this particularly overladen tanker is the proof of this. Maybe he is also potentially a top-class manager with an impossible job in the short term, at least. Hmm? Hmm? That's my main point. The other things to consider are all well known. Is it Potter's fault we signed a well-known surly bit of trouble called Obama Yang? I don't think he's been particularly surly. Is it Potter's fault that Havertz can't make a good decision to save his life? That's true. That moment versus Fulham at 1-1 when he had Mount running unopposed into the Fulham half. Or even the option of passing the ball to Felix who was running through in similar space but then just ran with the ball to the sideline and lost it was utterly, unbelievably crap. He's, he's put exclamation mark and a question mark, but I agree, that was dreadful. I do agree with you. Absolutely shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Is it Potter's fault that Fofana, James Chilwell and Kante have not played since he took over? Is it his fault that Koulibaly is a donkey? <laughs> and Cucurella, is it his fault that he's a poodle, that he's a small rat? No, that's what um, Alex said. Maybe it is. And that's unfair. And Pulisic and Zayek. But Zayek played quite well yesterday. You see, is it his fault there is now a bloated squad with, one imagines, a ton, spelt beautifully, T-O-N-N-E, of them wanting to leave? That can't help. 
Two years ago, I took great pleasure in watching clips of Arsenal fan TV and watching their supporters absolutely castigate and abuse Arteta. Now look at him. Maybe we just need to calm down. Calm down, calm down. Except that what is going on this season can never happen again. I'm not sure about that. And look forward to a bright future with a shitload of young talent waiting, surely shed load, surely, for young talent waiting to develop into a great squad. Discuss. Thanks and best wishes, Philip Kenyon. Another fine one. They're all fun. Aren't they so fine. We've got such fine emails, such mm. fine writers. As I keep saying, we should just get them to write and just talk about them and not bother with the show. You know, <laughs> that's what we're doing, isn't it? That's true. That's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> no, that was a great email. And I think yeah. Philip, you know, if you've heard, heard the, the the latest Chelsea fancast, you'll know that that we 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 are. I think I think you know Dan hasn't been on for a while, but J J K and I, Dan J K and I have been somewhat aerated in the last few weeks. We've been I've like heard, ch- changing like the fucking wind, but I think Jake. It's actually, do you know what? It's it's it, you know. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, Philip, you know. I, I said this a minute ago, didn't I? About the intellect versus the emotions, and some people are ruled more by their emotions. Some are, are ruled more, more by their their head. And and I think a lot of football supporters, me and J.K. Absolutely, totally, are, are are very emotional about the game and the club that they love, and it fucks us off when we lose. And yet, when we win, everything is wonderful. The world's fine. Everything's happy. We're calm. We're sensible. We 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 get back to that kind of. I mean, a neuro a neuroscientist could could explain this to you and show you diagrams about how your brain changes shape and the neurons go in different directions after Chelsea have won, and the where they get completely disgorged and explode when we've lost. And that's kind of what happens to me and J.K. But I think actually, as J.K. was saying earlier on, I think we're all maybe beginning to you know deal with the reality i think is probably one way of putting it and and there is a lot of shit going on and you know we can't control any of it and we need to just see how this plays out and i think as dan was saying earlier too you know if if potter you know doesn't make any impact he doesn't change anything for the better he doesn't improve and it all goes massively tits up bowley and co are not stupid they're businessmen first, first, last, and always. If they if they come to a point where they think it's not going to work ever, then they'll get rid of him. If they think that it is going to work with their plan, then they'll keep him. So you know. But as always, mate, absolutely lovely to hear from you. And an, an entertaining and also considered email. Right, James Giffin. Hello, Chidge, J.K., and other extinguished guests. Yes, I mean extinguished. I, last time I looked, I don't think Dan was dead, James, but I, I'll, I'll bear this one out. Um, I'm writing this before the Palace match that I will not be watching. I can't be asked, quite frankly. I'm predicting a tidy 3-1 win for Palace, just like JK did, as I recall. So we'll see how it goes. I'm really, really, really confused at the moment with what's going on. Are we this bad? Are we being coached this bad? Is it the injuries? Are some of the injuries a blessing? Are our transfers good enough? So many questions, and I'm not sure how much time we all have to answer them. I emailed last season, and I just had a reread to jog my memory. I basically asked the question, how many of our current squad would you let go? We both agreed with 10 to 20 could go, and we wouldn't feel any sorrow at all. And guess what? Most of them are still here. And now Potter is at fault? Even though all of you at the pod, and me, and most Chelsea fans didn't rate half of them. We would be in the exact same position if Tuchel was here. The only difference is that most of the players would get an arse-kicking every minute or so and an earful from the touchline. I'm firmly on the Potter inside of the fence. 
I think he's trying to keep a neutral personality at Cobham to work out what he's got before he can kick the want-nots into touch. And the ones that give a shit will see what is uh, what is in stall with all these very talented youngsters we have on the payroll or signing in the summer. I'm so, so excited to see where we will be in five years' time. Not because I'll be pushing 40, but because where Chelsea will be. You can't guarantee success, gents. Look at City. Lost again yesterday and letting Arsenal have a free run at the title. Uh, this this uh, this is last week he wrote this. This is not, not after the United game, obviously. This is how close we could be to winning the title. Two seasons of building and then bang, it all clicks and you start a title push with a group of players all at the same age with pace and energy and a system they were all brought into play. Good point, mate. This season is a write-off. Just look forward to 23-24 where we won't be in Europe and have all these free days to work on football things. Just something that came up on the pod several weeks ago. JK couldn't remember a certain chap that sang, wrote Chelsea songs. You thought Billy the Blue. Blue Bill. I'm pretty sure the bloke's name is Billy Bluebeat. Uh, Now, I happen to know who Billy Bluebeat is. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to keep it secret. Anyway, you may be right, James. That's the point. Uh, looking forward to hearing the Jason Cundy interview at the Boozer on Sunday on next week's pod. Appreciate all the work you do, James Gifford. James uh, and everybody else, by the way. Yes, I will be releasing uh, the, uh, the 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 gig we did with Jason at the Troubadour as a podcast. Um, we talked, uh, uh, you know, obviously we talked about the Palace game, but it was very broad ranging. We talked about Jace's career back in the day, his views on, on Chelsea now, a little bit about the Palace game. Um, I, I need to, because I forgot to uh, to tell him I was recording it and he therefore just went for it. I'm going to do him the courtesy of allowing him to listen to an edit of it first, just to make sure I don't get him into trouble. So as soon as I've got that out of the way, I'll release it, but hopefully it'll be up by the weekend. It's really well worth a listen. He was fucking fantastic. Um, so what say you boys, Dan, about James's email? Anything to comment on? No, he's got, got, got a very fair point. I think it's, it is a transition. It is a, a building. And as you say, as I said earlier on the, the podcast, we'll see where we are in 12 months' time. And if Potter's shit in the bed and we're 10th, he's gone. You know, yeah, this, I, this, I you know, this, this is his time to build, to see who he wants, who he doesn't want. A, a, a good... I don't think there's any major tournaments in the summer. Good preseason. Get all these young, fit, hungry players who will run through walls for him, who give a shit, not the wankers who don't give a shit. And then we'll see where we are. Yeah. He's a good coach. Get them playing well. We'll see where we are. I, I know for 12 months' time, if we're doing well, top four challenging, possibly here. If a sixth, seventh was a repeat of this season with the new players, he's gone. Yeah. Stuff, the, stuff the project. We've just got to be patient for the next six months and see where we are the start of the season because there'll be plenty more ins and outs I'm sure it's going to be a completely completely different looking team we're going to address the right back situation we're going to get some decent midfielders in who are better than what we've got and we see where we are we absolutely see where we are I'm, I could never get up on Chelsea so, you know I kind of I get the frustration sometimes like, oh Christ this is hard watch like the um, the Arsenal game before the World Cup that was a really tough game to watch but then it, it's we don't have a divine right to win stuff let alone win games or win trophies we keep going, we keep going, we keep going. I put on my Instagram with my friend, you know, welcome to the next episode of Glutton for Punishment. Because that's what it is at the moment. But we'll, we'll be fine, we'll turn it around, we'll be back. We're Chelsea, it's what we do. Totally right, mate. Couldn't agree more. JK? I, I think it will be sooner than five years. I think it will, it will, um, I think we can, we can expect uh, the beginning of next season it to be really exciting, actually. 
because I think I think the rest of this season, if the injuries come back and the new players that they bought all coalesce in some way, I think we're going to have some very interesting games at the bridge and away. I just think it's going to be interesting. So I haven't actually given up this season being uh, an interesting season. Indeed. That would be great. Having talked about relegation at one week and the next week, we're going to start beating people. Didn't think we were going to beat them. It's just because I'm excited by the players he's buying, as I'll be honest with you. But that's what I prophesied would happen anyway, wasn't it, really? So, yeah. Hey, up. Can yeah, I read the, yeah, next, next, read the next one about my namesake? So written by my namesake. Has Chidge gone? No, I'm, I'm, I'm nodding in agreement. Who are you? I, did, I didn't realise you were nodding. I thought you'd turned yourself off. You thought I'd nodded off, didn't you? I hate to say it, Chidge. I thought you were nodding because you were asleep. No, yes. only only you do that on the Chelsea Fancast. Oh. <laughs> I'm happy to admit it. I'm happy. And when it gets to the about four and a half hours in, I... <laughs> <laughs> Just think what the listeners are doing, mate. That's, oh, that's God, kind of yeah. yeah. Well, they've gone away and had a kit and come yeah, back. Probably. Right. It is Craig Kidd, in fact. This is a lovely, touching email. I'm glad you're reading this one. Name's sake, but it's, it's Kid with an I. So we're pro- we are related, Craig. Because, uh, um, as a relative told me, it, it somebody put a Y in it just to be posh. They said, and they were funny enough. They were they were from um, Birmingham. No, they weren't. They were from uh, Belfast. Somebody put a Y in it just to be posh, kid. You know, K K Y W D. I said, oh, really good, good to know. Um, Craig, kid. Good morning, Chidge and the gang. I've just got into bed. Oh, sweet. After watching the Palace game, where I saw a lot of fight, a lot of misses, a lot of frustration. Yep. Well expressed. Mrs. Fight and Frustration. Well, I'm happy we got the three points. Dismayed at the fact at one point we all had 11 players in our half. Yes, that's right. We looked to be holding on for dear life. Yeah. I kept thinking, is there anybody up at all? No, there aren't. We've got 11 players just in the penalty area. Um, are we Brighton in disguise? That's exactly what I was thinking at the time as well, Craig. Because I was thinking, is this exactly how, is this how he did it when we were at Brighton? Just all defended in a kind of unbelievably not even a narrow block and all on top of each other block. Anyway, I have a personal update. This is the first time I've sent an email in since the 30th of April, 2019. Where have you been, Craig? Pull your finger out, mate. In that email, I explained about my son, Harrison. Harrison Kidd, what a great name, who at that time had been given a great prognosis in his fight with leukaemia. 15 months after that prognosis, we found out that his form of leukaemia was chemo resistance oh, and had been lurking around for the whole 15 months and was being kept at bay by the nightly chemo tablets he was taking. Our only chance of finally beating this was for him to have a bone marrow transplant. Fast forward two and a bit years of chemo radiation, a nine-week hospital stay and bone marrow tests every three months. I can finally confirm we got the news we've been waiting for. He's beaten it, and the chance of relapse now is as close to 0% as possible. Fan-fucking-tastic, Craig. I thought it rather poignant that in a week where we lost one of the Chelsea greats to this cowardly disease, we might have needed a win over the big C word. So as of January the 19th this year, my son has finally beat it. That's a win. Thanks for being a massive source of entertainment and distraction for me while I've been alongside my son for the last five years. It helped me more than you'll ever know. I'm getting a bit tearful now. Um, I've been a listener for about eight years now, and here's to the next eight. Keep up the great work and thanks for indulging me with this long email. Long live Luca, keep the blue flag flying high. 
Craig kid from kid from Oxford, but lives in Sydney. Oh, mate, well done. Well, Excellent. That, well, great. Such a sweet mail. Yeah, I mean. Craig, mate, I'm, I mean, I, you can tell. I mean, we're we're very moved by that email, but also absolutely chuffed for you and your son. That is m- the most incredible news. And I tell you what, mate, you know, all the nonsense we talk about football for hours and hours and hours every week, you know, you, you realise what a load of old hogwash nonsense it is when you read an email like that, because that is what's more important. So I'm just so chuffed for you. But you're right, on the other hand, you know, you we you need this nonsense in your life really when you're struggling with really difficult things. So I'm I'm I, I'm I'm truly humbled that we have somehow helped you uh, get through all of that. And uh, if you ever make it over to England, I presume you probably do occasionally. If you if you you got your roots here, for God's sake, come to a game, find us, and we will buy you lots and lots and lots of pints of Guinness at the very least. And hopefully, maybe in a few years, you bring your son over as well, and we'll do the same. So there you go, Craig. If you're a member of that, there's a a, a kid page on Facebook. Where anybody called kid, apparently some people are interloping who are called kidder and kiddo, kiddily, and, uh, and uh, um, some strange variations on it. But um, uh, it would be nice to see you on there. But uh, yeah, I, I'd love to meet up if you come over because that's, that's such a fabulous story. Yeah, wow. it is brilliant. Well done, mate. Good for you and good luck in the future. Right. The last email, we've had 12, a dozen, we've had the, the dirty dozen. And the last is from our good old mate, George Spencer. George nearly writes in most weeks, love him to pieces. He says, Dear Chidgy and the gang, cool and the gang, it's safe to say it has not been a good week. The limp display at Fulham, which saw a run on Prosecco and cheese boards in Putney, was seen a mile off. So much so that I actually put a bet on Fulham. The first of its kind since my Brighton draw double chance protest bet when the Super League was announced. (laughs) It's just a shame that there isn't an Irish bloke named Ronan Obramovich, very good, looking to buy the club. To make matters worse, I had to miss Winchester City's 2-1 defeat at Dorchester due to illness. Uh, I hope you're feeling better, mate. Um, However, it's ended on a positive note. Even if we could have beaten the stripy Nigels by more... Sorry, even if we couldn't have beaten the stripy Nigels by more than one goal, which was enough to make the Holmesdale Ultras sulk into their quinoa lattes... I can safely say that Badiashil is certainly better than Koulibaly. I also really like the tribute to Luca before the Palace game. Having listened to the Spurs versus Arsenal game, it's no wonder France lost the World Cup final with Lloris in goal. Yeah, that was highly comical, wasn't it? George Spencer. I always love hearing from you, George. Now, George, you've sent me a message on Twitter trying to entice me to see a Winchester City match and... And uh, you're all going to the Alfie for the... Uh, is it the Alfie? I presume you mean the King Alfie, not the the one down on the high street. Do let me know which. Because I might well come and join you for a pint and uh, to watch the Liverpool game in the pub. Uh, and maybe you can entice me to... It all depends on what the weather's like, because I've got a lot of shit to do, uh, which involves me being... Well, you know, I, I will bore you silly with my allotment, which I've neglected since November. And if I don't, not doing that, I've got to make my last batch of cider. But it will depend on the weather. But I'd love to come and see you for a pint and maybe watch the Winchester City game too. So just keep in touch. Direct message me on Twitter. That's a good way to get my attention. Anyway, brilliant email. We, we love hearing from George, don't we, JK? Yeah, brilliant stuff. Brilliant. brilliant stuff. There we go. And there we go, people. That That is the last email this evening. That was the email marathon. It was, wasn't it? Now, uh, that also means that that is all we've got time for tonight. Uh, uh, we will be back on Friday to look ahead to the... Ma- what day will we be back, JK? 
Uh, Friday, sorry, sorry, I do apologise. It's not Monday, it's Friday, sorry. Yeah, Friday, Friday, Friday. We will be back on Friday to look ahead to the match against Liverpool on Saturday and JK and I will be joined by the absolutely deliciously scrumptious, wonderful Alexandra Churchill or Sweary Poppins as she's known on Mixler as I've been reading uh, so there we go uh, I'm looking forward to that already I haven't seen well I saw, I saw Alex yesterday but uh, I've not been on the show for a while uh, if you like what we do uh, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron and help us cover the costs of running all the shows and doing what we do uh, and continue to do that uh, so all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast uh, and you make a monthly donation as little or as much as you want there is no pressure and equally if you don't want to we still love you anyway because we just like that uh if you do do that though um you will if eventually and by the way on this point but uh, you you'll get a a kerry dixon mini banner so a little kind of replica of the one that hangs at the matthew harding and i owe you uh, there's a lot of people who are waiting for them i've got a new delivery um and they will be winging their way in the post to you and as a special bonus for waiting for so fecking long they're all signed by kerry himself so patience is sometimes a virtue. I will get them out to you as soon as I can. Uh, the other thing about Patreon, if you do uh, join on Patreon, you can also become a member of our Discord group. And there are some Discord is like twenty four seven Mixler basically every day of the week. It's like being a Mixler. It's great fun. Lovely people in there. Some of whom came on Oscar and Daryl for certain came to the uh, Jason Cundy gig yesterday. So that was great. So there we go. Do, do sign up if you can, but don't worry if you can't. Uh, in off the post, you've had a big special issue of in off the post tonight. But if you want your email or Patreon message or Instagram post or tweet uh, read out on the show. Let me have them by the end of the day on Sunday. Uh, the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Dan at DanSilves73, and me at Stamford Chidge. Dan, lovely to see you yesterday. Well done for all your help at uh, the Cundy gig. Uh, great to see you back on the show. Yeah, pleasure and great to be back. And I think I'll see you again next week. So two in a row. There we go. Yeah, we double dose of Dan. What more could yeah. we all, what more could we wish for? Hopefully, it'll be uh, talking about a walloping of the red scum, and I oh, should be a very I happy so. boy. Yeah, really hope so. Mind you, it's away, so it might be a bit tougher up there, but we'll see. Uh, J.K. Delightful to share a platform with you last night, uh, and equally so tonight. Lovely to see you always, matey. You're a dear man. Thank you very much. We didn't need to do much last night because Jason was so good. He he was brilliant. Uh, he really, really was. He really, and you were a bit poorly too, which uh, many people might not have realised. But uh, they, they might have thought you were just asleep, actually. But uh, you weren't very well, bless you. I did nod off a couple of times. You weren't very well. I didn't. Never I didn't. Mind. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Never mind. Right. We'll be back on Friday, as we said. Uh, thank you, you lot, for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Oh, yeah, chels. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. 
Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.